And that's so important. I feel like I try to explain that to people who ask me for advice all the time, too. Mm -hmm. You can't have an ego when it comes to money. Because totally. at the end of the day, you accept a job, whether it's because it's good pay, mm-hmm. good exposure, and you might meet someone, or just because it's something that you've been wanting to do and out of, like, a creative spot mm-hmm. you want to do it. But it's like you're going to have to say yes to everything in the beginning, whether it's paid, whether it's free, and that's how you're going to meet people, you're going to network, yeah. and you're going to gain so much more from it in the long run. A dream can be anything. Whether yours is to start a business, be in a healthy relationship, pursue your dream career, or to get right spiritually, every week the Dream Check podcast brings you tips, tricks, and real-life insight from people who are living their dreams to the fullest. I'm Nicole Ivanoff, an established international wedding photographer and wife. Like you, I have so many dreams, some of which I've lived out and others I'm still pursuing daily. I'm a girl from suburban Detroit who's made her way out to LA, and although I'm no guru, I have a heart to show you that if I or anyone who comes on this podcast can do it, so can you. Welcome to the show. Time to check in. What's up, everyone, and welcome back for another episode. I am so excited to introduce today's guest, my friend, Alexis Oakley. She has made her way from Missouri to L.A., and she is now absolutely crushing it as an amazing celebrity makeup artist. Listen as she shares her journey from her move to L.A. at 18 years old to how she got to where she is today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, of course. I'm so excited you're here. I know, me too. I feel like this will be a very different conversation from other interviews and podcasts that I've had before, so I'm excited. Well, I feel like this will be kind of a little different, a lot of similar questions, because I kind of like to ask similar questions. You know, it's about dream checking in with your dreams, and so everyone that kind of comes on the show has a dream that's something they've, a a journey they've gone through, a dream that they longed for that they're now uh, accomplishing today, and so... We'll go right into the first question that I do ask every guest, but what is a dream you currently have right now? A dream that I'm currently working on would be to have my makeup on a billboard. This year has been really good for me, and you know I'm super into New Year's resolutions and manifesting and journaling my goals because I feel like there's so much power in having something like mm-hmm. actually written down on a piece of paper. And so far, I've checked off all of my goals for this year except for that one. So that's definitely something I'm working towards. So a billboard, I feel like, is a number one goal as an artist of any kind. Like to have your work blown up that big for the world to see. I mean, that is like, like, where do you go from there? Exactly. Specifically, Sunset Boulevard or Times Square. Oh, yeah. Can't beat that. (laughs) Exactly. Go big or go home. Like I'm thinking about it. What would be after that? Like, I feel like that's it. Like, even as a photographer, (laughs) I'm like, I just had with Alicia that random photo shoot we did in her house. And then, like, two weeks later, she's like, hey, by the way, I think we're going to use your photo for a billboard. And I was like... It turned out so good, by the way. And, like, perfect location. So good. I'm just happy she didn't tell me it was for a billboard when we were shooting it because I would have been way more panicked. Like, that was the ideal situation for me. Oh, I'm sure. That's how it, like... It always works the best in situations like that where you go totally. in like, super chill. Oh, this is just going to be a regular shoot. And then it turns into something Something huge. else. Yeah. 
Okay, so I mentioned in your introduction that you moved from the Midwest. Shout out the Midwest. I'm from hey. Detroit. <laughs> Let's go. Um, so you moved at 18. You're 23 now. Yeah. So what was that like, moving from Missouri to Los Angeles at such a young age? Like, we talked about this in my last episode, but I could not fathom being here that young. Honestly, everyone says that, but I think that it worked out to my benefit being that young because whenever you're 18, you're not really scared of anything. You think that like you can conquer the world, you know? Totally. So to me, it was so easy. I don't think I could do it now, moving to a different state, let alone such a big move like that. But at the time, I was just like, oh, like all my friends are going to college. Like I'm just going to go to LA. Like same thing. I just think of parents. I think all parents are like, my child needs to go to college, not go and like pursue this like crazy, you know, outrageous. I'm going to move across the country and pursue a dream that probably to like a parent, you know, there are parents generation. It's like they went to college. Right. And so I want my children to have this like stable job. Like, was that something that you kind of dealt with or do you feel like you had a really good support system? Honestly, my family could not have been more supportive. Like, the second I was like, I kind of want to do makeup. My mom's like, oh, here's a makeup school. Do this. Like, That's awesome. They were so helpful financially, emotionally, like everything that I needed. They were so excited to help me along the way. And, you know, my parents didn't go to college. My grandparents didn't either. Mm -hmm. So they were kind of like, you know, it's not necessarily a necessity. Whatever's going to make you happy, you should follow your dreams. So I only ask that because, I mean, my parents didn't go to college either. And so I feel like I feel like they felt a disadvantage in finding careers because they didn't go to college. So they kind of wanted that for us. And I did go to college and I don't I hate saying I regret it because I do feel like it was a part of my plan. Yeah. But I, too, wanted to to move to L.A. at 18 and I didn't have that. I don't want to say didn't have the support system, but I really didn't have it in me. To come out here, no finances, no plan. At that time, I wanted to sing. Like, thank God I didn't come out here for that. Like, so I just commend you. I always commend anyone at that age who moves out of their, like, comfort zone to go and pursue something that that you dream about. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if my family wasn't so supportive like that, I don't think it would have happened because I'm one of those people who really rely on, you know, the thoughts of mm-hmm. my parents and, like, really look up to them and— I feel like that if it weren't for them, I definitely wouldn't have made such a big move like that. So before we get into like the amazing celebrities that you're working with, I want to like kind of backtrack. Like when did you first fall in love with makeup? What sparked that? Honestly, it's always been something that I was really intrigued by. I remember being like five and watching my grandma put on her makeup and just being so interested. And I always called it her kitty face for some reason because of like the concealer. I was like, Mama, please put on your kitty face. Like I would just get so excited watching my mom and my grandma do their makeup. And then in, I want to say like seventh grade is kind of when makeup tutorials on YouTube first became a thing. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of like the era where they called them beauty gurus. And it was like Bethany Moda, Blair Fowler. Mm -hmm. And I was so obsessed with watching their YouTube tutorials. And I wanted to make a YouTube channel so bad and make makeup tutorials. What year was that? It would have been so long ago, probably like I think it was like the beginning because it was right around like Lady Gaga era, I remember. Okay. Totally. You know, so like 2006, seven-ish maybe. Okay. And obviously, you know, at the time, I didn't think that it was even a career path. I didn't realize that you could do makeup professionally until my junior year of high school. I remember being on a family vacation and my mom was like, so what are you guys going to do? Like after you graduate, talking to me and my friend. And I was like, I have no clothes. Like I know I don't want to go to school. Like I hate school more than anything. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to college. I just... 
didn't care to. And she was like, well, you really like makeup. Like, what if you did that? And I was like, can you make a living off of that? Because in my head, you know, I'm from the middle of nowhere. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't get your makeup done unless it's for prom. Maybe you would go to the mat counter or your wedding. And so she was like, yeah, like, all the celebrities are getting their makeup done. Like, that's something that you should do. And so she's what really encouraged me to kind of move to L.A. and even have an idea that that's something that you could actually do and make a living off of. That is crazy. I had almost word for word the exact conversation really? about photography with my cousin like graduated college my parents are like when are you going to apply for jobs and I was like I'm not going to I don't want a nine to five <laughs> yeah. I'm going to figure it out and I ended up nannying moving in with my cousin and I had always loved photography as a hobby but same thing I'm like you can't make a career out of taking pictures right. my cousin sat me down and she was like why don't you do photography for your career uh, you know I was nannying her kids and I was kind of going through, like, I guess what I called at the time a midlife crisis. Like, I'm not going to be a nanny forever. Yeah. And I almost considered going back to school to be a nurse. And she was like, why don't you just do photography? Like, you love it. And I was like, you can't make a living doing that. And she's like, what are you? Are you joking? Like, you love weddings. You can be a wedding photographer. Yeah. Make a ton of money. It takes a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. Hard work. Discipline. I mean, the list goes on. I saw this meme recently and it was like, I didn't want a nine to five. So I became a freelancer and now I work 24 seven. I'm I like, saw yes. that and I <laughs> fell off my chair. I'm like, <laughs> so true, but so worth it at the end of the day. Exactly. Like, yes, you get to make your own schedule and you work for yourself, but you also don't clock in and clock out. Right. And so there is always something to do. 100%. Like, you can't just go to bed at night and be like, I'm done for the day. It's like, no, I'm in my like head like, emails and texts. what should I be doing right now? Should I actually stay up another hour and finish doing this? Should I go draft a reel? Should I, you know, all right. the added things that we need to be doing now as creators. Exactly. So moving to LA at 18, what, what do you think was the biggest struggle that you faced? So my whole reasoning for moving out here was to go to a makeup school. It was a five-month program. And so in my head, I was kind of like, you know, if I like it, I'll stay out here. If not, it's five months. I'll move back home. At the time, I was working at a tattoo shop back home. And I was like, maybe I'll be a tattoo artist. Were you doing tattoos? No, I was a personal assistant because they actually had their own reality show randomly. And (laughs) I was like considering doing an apprenticeship because I was super into tattoos and just art in general. So Mm -hmm. I was like, maybe I'll do that if this doesn't work out. It's kind of like a form of like makeup. Exactly. It really is. (laughs) Yeah. Like I knew it was something in that world. But yeah, obviously I ended up loving it out here and stayed. Mm -hmm. But I feel like my biggest struggle in the beginning, just moving to a new city is hard in general. Mm -hmm. And then especially in L.A. at 18 years old. Truly can't imagine. So overwhelming, culture shock, everything's more expensive. So financially was such a struggle Mm -hmm. and just finding my way as far as meeting friends that were the right friends. Because, you know, when I first moved out here, I got very caught up in like Mm -hmm. going to the clubs every night and just that whole like L.A. scene that you kind of imagine Mm -hmm. L.A. being like. And so it was very interesting for, you know, I guess that was like my college years, I call them. So... The scene in L.A., I feel like, and we talked about this in the last episode I did, um, her story was very similar. She moved from Texas to L.A. at 19, and she actually dropped out of college to move here, and similar situation. What do you feel like grounded you from, like, did you have to almost experience the scene to know, like, this is actually not what I want. I'm here to focus on 
makeup and my dreams and I need to be more disciplined because that I feel like would have been my situation. Yeah. I would have been so caught up in the scene and putting on face and meeting people that I would get caught up in that versus like, wait, why am I actually here? Exactly. And that's definitely how I was in the beginning because I think that it was, you know, I was 18, thought I knew everything. So Mm -hmm. anything my parents were telling me or trying to help me and guide me in the right direction, I could care less. No, mom. Of course. Got it figured out. Don't need you. Thank you. (laughs) And so I think that if my parents, I think my parents did a really good job actually at kind of letting me live my life during Mm -hmm. that time because I think that if they would have tried to put boundaries on me more, I would have really, really rebelled. Totally. And so it was kind of like I had my phase and then I was out of it by six months. What do you think, what has been the coolest job that you've had since you've been in LA? Oh my gosh, honestly. Or maybe the most memorable. (laughs) Um, Most memorable. I know you were like on tour with Avril Lavigne. Like what was that experience like? That was so fun. That was a really big goal of mine whenever I moved out here too. I remember being in makeup school and the first day they were like, you know, what's your goal? Like at the end of your career, what do you really want to work towards? And I was Mm -hmm. like, I want to go on tour with an artist. I want to work with singers. And they were like, okay, yeah, that's really hard. But like, Mm -hmm. okay, sure. (laughs) And so then, you know, it took me four years, I think, to finally get asked. But how did that opportunity come about? Was that something, was that like a word of mouth? Was that something you apply for? Like for anyone listening who maybe has a dream of being a makeup artist or working in some form of with celebrities in the creative field, like how do you get that kind of job? That was actually through a referral. I had been assisting celebrity makeup artists for three and a half years at that point. And one of the artists that I assisted with did Avril's makeup in L.A. And whenever you go on tour, sometimes the budget's a little lower than things in L.A. just because, you know, it's a a lot of money by the Mm -hmm. end of the tour to pay the band, the guitar, like everything. Totally. And so it was a little lower, but I would have done it for free at that point, you know, just because I was so excited and so hungry for anything. Mm -hmm. And that's an insane opportunity. I mean, I think of one of the first jobs I got in LA, like it was like my goal to work or shoot Becca Tilly at that time. Like, I mean, the Bachelor Nation stuff is like still huge, but I don't care as much anymore. But she was like such like that was when like the influencer world really like opened up. And she was like one of the first. And she was she had like a million followers. Like when I was in Michigan, small town, like if you had 7000 followers, like you're big time. Yeah. And so I'm like, I have to shoot Becca Tilly. Like I want to shoot with her. And so similar situation, like I had shot a different girl from The Bachelor who was from kind of my hometown and I DM'd or not DM'd emailed she had like her publicist email address in her bio Instagram bio at that time sent them like this whole um, pitch deck essentially of like a shoot and I offered it for free because I wanted it so bad and I feel like some people miss out on opportunities because they're not willing to do it for free yes and listen I'm not saying don't know your worth and do things for free all the time but if it's an opportunity that is going to excel you in your career or something you've always dreamt about like sometimes you have to sacrifice your time yeah and that's really what it is your time and if that's a dream of yours something like that is going to get you so many other jobs and I always say every free job I do I book a paid job from. Exactly. And that's so important. I feel like I try to explain that to people who ask me for advice all the time, too. Mm -hmm. You can't have an ego when it comes to money. Because at the end of the day, you accept a job, whether it's because it's good pay, Mm -hmm. good exposure, and you might meet someone, or just because it's something that you've been wanting to do and out of, like, a creative spot, Mm -hmm. you want to do it. But it's like, 
you're going to have to say yes to everything in the beginning, whether it's paid, whether it's free. And that's how you're going to meet people. You're going to network and you're going to gain so much more from it in the long run. I mean, networking is so important when you're new to a city or new to a town or new in an industry. Like that's the best way to get your name out there, to meet people. And yes, sometimes you have to do something for free. But then once those people see your value and your worth, they're going to pay you because they're already in love with you. Yeah. So I kind of, I didn't prep you with this question, but I'm thinking about it because I know even in my industry, like comparison, I, you know, I work with a lot of beautiful people and I feel like sometimes it can be really a mental game for me to not compare myself or myself or just get in that like mental like spiral. And yeah. you're working with celebrities who have the money, have the fame, have the, the beauty, like all of it. Like, do you ever catch yourself in a comparison game? Um, what do you do for your mental? Like what helps you stay grounded in who you are and not to be comparing yourselves to these celebrities, if you will. I'm going to be honest. That's something that I really don't struggle with, thankfully. And that's I know amazing. that that's such a blessing because I see so many other people in my industry and it's really, really hard for them because mm-hmm. they're constantly struggling with the comparison and being around these perfect, you know, size zero celebrities mm-hmm. who are, I mean, to the world and to everyone, some mm-hmm. of the most beautiful women in the world. And thankfully, that's been something that I haven't struggled with often. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's because I try to keep myself so grounded, too. I'm really totally. big into like each night, you know, obviously I'm on my phone scrolling through Instagram like mm-hmm. everyone else. But I really try to like put it away, you know, relax, meditate, pray, just like things like that that mm-hmm. really balance me. Because I feel like whenever I'm not doing those things and kind of having that just healthy routine for mm-hmm. my mind, then I can kind of go down a dark hole. Yeah, I know when I'm going down that rabbit hole of like comparison that I'm like, I'm not reading my Bible. Mm -hmm. I'm not having rest time. I'm not focusing on like, where is my identity actually rooted in? Yeah, it always stems from something. It's never just out of the blue for me. No, it's never. It's always something deeper. It always goes back to me, you know? Exactly. And so that's why, like, what would you say to someone maybe who does struggle with comparison? Would you recommend a... A morning and night routine, journaling, praying. Yeah. I mean, I think that all of those things are so beneficial. And for me, what's helped me the most is journaling. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like I said in the beginning, there's so much power in writing things down. And I feel like it's almost like a physical release if you're going through something mentally. Mm -hmm. You know, just writing about it. Because whenever I'm going through something, I don't really like talking about my feelings. Same. So it's so (laughs) much easier to just like have my moment, be alone, you know, light some candles, put on good Mm -hmm. music and just journal and like write it down yeah I feel like I'm very similar I process my maybe it's like a a creative thing as well because I'm not really good at processing my emotions and that's why I loved singing when I was younger because I would write lyrics and it was basically how I felt and that was like essentially my expression which I feel like is how most music artists are like they're yeah the best form of expression for them is music or is writing And so I love that. Um, Yeah, I feel like that goes for any art form, too. Totally. I mean, even photography, it's depending on the season and and what the job is, can be a stress relief for me. I know you mentioned, you know, you went to a very strict, like, Christian school. You grew up very Christian. Um, Would you say you, like, your faith is a big part of, like, who you are today and how you kind of make it through also those, maybe those moments of your identity crisis and stuff like that? Definitely. Um, this is actually something I don't think I've ever talked about, even with a lot of friends. But whenever I was in high school, I thought that I was going to be a missionary. Really? Pretty much all of my high school experience. I started going on mission trips to the Philippines 
every summer, whenever I was 14 or 15, Mm -hmm. like all throughout high school. And, you know, my family had prepared for me to move to the Philippines after high school. Like everyone knew I was going to go to the Philippines and be a missionary full time. And obviously, you know, I kind of had like not a change of heart because Mm -hmm. that's still something that's really important to me. Mm -hmm. But I feel like makeup for me was almost like its own battlefield in the missionary field. And so that's been something really cool. Obviously, you know, I know my boundaries and Mm -hmm. I would never go about it in a way as like a mission trip. Totally. But I think that at the end of the day, that's something that's in my heart. And I feel like people see it around me as well. Mm -hmm. So what would you say? I know even in my industry, there can be in freelance seasons of dryness where maybe you're not booking a ton of jobs or maybe it's the holidays. I feel like sometimes it's slower around that time. Most people are home with their families. So what would you say to encourage someone who is maybe going through a dry season of freelance, whether it be makeup, photography, something, whatever it could be? This is the hardest thing when it comes to freelance, and I still struggle with this so much. I'm a very all or nothing person. So I'm either working 14 hours every single day Mm -hmm. and I thrive off of that. Or when I'm doing absolutely nothing, I'm like in a serious state of depression. And so it's really hard for my mental health to kind of have those like ups and downs. But I've learned you really just have to ride the wave when it comes to freelancing. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm not necessarily having paid jobs or actual work, I've learned to create work for myself in other forms, such as social media. That's the whole reason why I started TikTok was because it made me feel like I had a job. Mm -hmm. Even though I don't make any money from it, it doesn't... It's a full-time job. I don't care what anyone says. It really (laughs) is. Social media is so much work. And so that's kind of helped me. And also, I think that's how you grow your business so much, too, nowadays is through social media. But... Mentally, that I wasn't answering the question at all. No, that was great. (laughs) But I think that if you're going through those things, you just have to remember it's going to come back around. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that every job happens for a reason and you're going to make more money. You're going to have other things. Like, I think you just have to kind of use that time to work on your mental is what I've learned. Yeah. And I think keep working. Like if you're in a, this is what I've had to tell myself. Mm -hmm. If you're in a slow season, find something that can still contribute to what you love to do. Like you were saying, getting on TikTok or creating reels and just honestly, that whole can be a whole nother conversation, like social media and like keeping up with the trends. And like, I don't know, do you, I mean, I book for weddings, at least probably 80% of my jobs on social media. Right. I mean, I book everything through either social media or word of mouth. And that's especially how I got my start in the beginning, too, Mm -hmm. because it was kind of at that time in 2016 where I don't think people really understood the power of social media or that's kind of when they first kind Mm -hmm. of started getting it. And I really hopped on that train fast. And that's how I got all my jobs, whether it was assisting and sliding into people's DMs Mm -hmm. or clients and asking them to work together. Social media really is so powerful. I always say it's like my favorite business quote of all time, but never wait for work to come to you. Go out and get it. It's so true. If I didn't DM certain people, I wouldn't have had certain jobs. And I'm sure the same is for you. 100%. And I think that people don't understand that sometimes, too. And that's my biggest business advice, too. I tell people Mm -hmm. don't, you know, you have to make opportunities. And just because someone says no, you can't take that as... You have to move on. Yeah. You really do. Exactly. I mean, there are so many, especially in L.A., photographers, makeup artists. Like, 
people just don't know you exist unless right. you make yourself available. So it's not so desperate to be people are like, oh, that's desperate. I'm not no. going to go DM this person. I'm like, they don't know you exist. Exactly. Like, unless you have a mutual friend for a referral where you can be like, hey, can you, I saw you're friends with this person. Can you hook it up or whatever. Right. If not, just keep DMing. And Nico, my husband, says this all the time. Like, he'll tell his artists that he manages, like, just DM them. Just keep, they don't answer, exactly. keep DMing, keep DMing. They're eventually going to see it. And if they don't, they never saw it. Who exactly. cares? I know you can't let no's get you down because you're going to hear no, more no's in this industry than mm-hmm. yeses. And that's just part of it. And you have to almost use it as ammo to keep working harder. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I even have people that I DM'd five years ago that I'm now starting to work with. And it's kind of like Crazy. that full circle moment. I've actually gone back, like, people that I've met or, like, somehow we got connected and I would be embarrassed that I DM'd them and didn't they didn't respond. So I'd, like, go back and, like, <laughs> unsend the message or but something. But the funny thing is they probably never saw it. I have people do that totally. when it comes to assisting me now. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, my gosh, I've been DMing you for so long. And I'm like, I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. So you were recently on, what is it, Access Hollywood? Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. I, I haven't actually seen was just you. there again this morning. <gasps> I filmed another segment with them. Stop. Okay, yeah. wait. Fill, fill everyone in. Yeah, so Access Hollywood actually found me through TikTok. Love that so much. <laughs> See, TikTok, so worth it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, they. one of the producers reached out to me on email randomly and was just like, hey, like we found you on TikTok. We'd really love to do a segment on you. And so the first segment was all about Gen Z beauty trends because I am Gen Z mm-hmm. and I feel like there's no makeup artists in the celebrity space that are really doing some of the things that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm really marketing off of influencers. I'm vlogging. I'm bringing people behind the scenes in a way that nobody's really done before. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's kind of what's setting me apart right now. But then today we filmed a segment on Y2K beauty trends and kind of how they're making a comeback, which is really fun. That's awesome. And first of all, people are so nosy. They love <laughs> behind the scenes anything. Like, oh, yeah. Any type of like behind the scenes of what you're doing, people are like, wait, where did you get that? Where do you do that? How did you get that? Where did you get that? Right. And so I feel like those go off on all platforms. Yeah. And it's so interesting because to me, what I do in a day is so normal and not mm-hmm. really, not to say not exciting, but it's just my routine and mm-hmm. I don't think twice about it. But to people, anywhere else it's like oh wow people are even interested in what I eat in a day it's so funny I mean it's normal to us and we think people don't care but you have to sometimes I have to take myself back to like Detroit or Missouri and be like people there don't know what's going on here no and they want to know it's like a whole different world yeah we're in such a bubble and you get so used to it. So we're like numb to it. We're like, why would someone care about that? But exactly. It's, it's in it, what we do is ex- very exciting to other people. Yeah. And I sometimes have to humble myself and remind myself of that. And just, hey, you're from a small town in Detroit. Like, you're in L.A. living your dreams. Like, there are people in Detroit, in Missouri, in all these small towns who, like, wish they had the courage or the guts to, right. like, break free and, like, do that. Leave their leave their bubble. Yeah. So you mentioned before we started recording, and I'm going to ask you now, (laughs) share the news with your new client or with me about your new client. I just did Kris Jenner for the (gasps) first time yesterday. Stop. I I have goosebumps. (laughs) And that's something that I've been working for for so long. When I first moved to L.A., I was like, all I want to do is touch a Kardashian. (laughs) I mean, I feel like that's every makeup artist, like, number one. Because they're just known for their glam and Mm -hmm. beauty. And I mean, they're insanely beautiful that's huge so you work with one you're gonna eventually work with all of them like that's the thing (laughs) so how did that come about like what share the deets 
Yeah. So that, again, was through a referral. Just right time, right place, honestly. Mm -hmm. Someone overheard someone talking that she needed a makeup artist. And my friend was like, oh, my gosh, use my friend Alexis. And that's something really interesting, too, is it's not exactly about who you know. It's about who's going to mention your name in a room full of opportunities. So good. And so that was kind of one of those moments for me, too, like, wow, I've really made an impact on my friends because a referral is huge. You Mm -hmm. know, I know for myself, I don't refer anyone unless I would literally trust them with my life because Mm -hmm. that's going to be a direct reflection on me. Of you. Yeah. It's important. I've learned that the hard way. (laughs) Me too. And I do think a lot of the times, like you said, like you're, you're not only doing a job, but you're making relationships on top of it. And I feel like people are hiring you for you. At the end of the day, like, again, like, there's so many makeup artists in L.A. Like, if someone likes you, they're going to refer you because they know Kris Jenner will probably also like you. Yeah, And it's not even in the space about how good you are at your job, whether it's Mm -hmm. photography, makeup, or whatever. At the end of the day, it's your personality that's going to set you apart and the reason why people want you back. It's such an intimate space, and you're working so closely with these people, and you might be the best makeup artist in the world, but if they don't vibe with you— Or trust you. Yeah, they're not going to want to work with you again. Yeah, I I could not agree more with that. And, you know, even in one of my my workshops, I teach like you are your brand. You are the only person who can represent it. And you are the only person who can set yourself apart from the next makeup artist, the next photographer. Yeah. Whatever it may be. That is so amazing. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. The only way to go from here is up. So congratulations (laughs) on the next the next things to come. I'm excited. So I love asking this question to people who kind of risked it all, like left their hometown to pursue the dream. What would you say are one to three things that they don't tell you are hard when doing that? I think the hardest thing is rejection from your peers in your hometown, Mm. your friends, family members, teachers, whatever it is. I remember when I first moved to L.A., or this was kind of right before leading up to it, actually. Um, it was whenever Kylie Jenner was kind of starting her lip kits and everything like that. And so she was posting the video of like swatches. And so I kind of made this video, not making fun of it, but kind of like a parody of it where I had Mm -hmm. like chicken wings and was swatching barbecue sauce on my arm. I would love that video. So random. (laughs) Ended up going really viral. And that's the moment when I really realized who was a real friend for me. As stupid as it sounds, whenever you have some sort of like not to say clout, but like Mm -hmm. attention to you at some point, you really see who totally loves you around you because that was at the time too when going viral wasn't necessarily as common as Mm -hmm. it is now. And so the video did really well. And I got on Twitter one day and all of my friends were just trash talking me. Like, oh, she's not even a good makeup artist. This girl thinks that she's going to move to LA. Like, everyone overnight just like switched their opinion So this was, you were still in Missouri when this happened. Yeah, this was... The end of my senior year. I just graduated. Oh, my gosh. And so you just really see who's real around you. Mm -hmm. And I think that whenever you're doing well, other people get insecure and intimidated sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they lash out on you. And so I think you just have to really not care what people are going to say around you because it was Mm -hmm. so hard. And I cried Every night for months. Of course. You're 18. Yeah. And your friends are making fun of you, essentially. (laughs) Exactly. And... You know, you just have to learn that not everyone's going to be on your side, and that's okay. And Mm -hmm. you have to find the friends and the family members that are going to support you and just stay in your lane Mm -hmm. and not listen to the people around you. And I feel like it's so much harder even now with social media and what it's became. Mm -hmm. Did you watch the Dixie D'Amelio documentary? Or not Dixie, but 
the D'Amelio documentary. Uh, is that like the, it's on TV? On it's Hulu? Like an, I have not seen it yet. It's so good. And I feel like that's a really good representation of what social media can do to your mental health, especially at such a young age. Because they're what, 16? Yeah, 17? they're like 16, 17, or it's maybe crazy. Charlie's even younger. I mean, and to have like instant fame to go yeah. from being like so nor- like everyday normal right. to like now you're like at the Emmys yeah. all within like a year. And I think people just don't realize how mean comments affect someone else, and mm-hmm. especially when it's online, because obviously it's so easy to hide behind a camera or mm-hmm. whatever it is, but people are reading your comments, and that really, really affects them mentally. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the importance of what we were talking about earlier, the journaling and the grounding yeah. and um, having a really strong foundation in who you are. So, and of course, comment, mean comments are always going to affect people, whether right. they like to say it or not, but it's it's making sure you get your, yourself to the healthiest places possible so where they're not, you know, debilitating your everyday moves. Totally. Because I definitely know, I mean... The culture of social media with this generation of junior high school kids in high school, like, I can't imagine having that when I was in high school or junior high. Like, it's terrifying. It's so scary, and it's so sad. What would you tell someone who is stuck in their dreams and feels like they can't progress? I think you take that time as an opportunity to keep learning. You know, I assisted for three and a half years, and I think that that's what really gave me a lot of opportunities and prepared me for what this industry was like. And I feel like if you're kind of stuck in that headspace of like, you know, things aren't happening yet or I'm not doing as well as I thought I would, you have to first remember things are going to happen when they're supposed to happen. Timing is everything. I think back to so many times in my life where I was like, I'm so ready for this job. Like, why isn't it coming to me? Like, I know I'm ready. And then I look back and I'm like, thank God it didn't happen now. Mm -hmm. Like, I thought I was prepared and no way I was. And so I think you just have to stay hungry and, you know, keep working, keep learning, because that's what's going to take you so far in the long run. Yeah, I agree. I think learning is if you're stuck and feel like you can't move forward, there's always something to learn. I mean, even let's just say I was in a slow season for photography. Like there's always something to learn in photography. There's always something to learn in makeup in any field you're in. You're only bettering yourself by continuing to learn and grow in that field. So when the time does come, you're more prepared than ever. Yeah. You just have to stay humble and like, you know, I think that it's really important to not necessarily be the smartest person in the room. I think you should surround yourself with people that you really look up to. And Mm -hmm. that way, you know, you never want to be just at a standstill. You Mm -hmm. always want to be trying to grow. Learning and growing. And that's something Nico has. He's really good at. He is constantly reading. um, So not I don't want to call him self-help, but like leadership books and books about successful people. And and honestly, from what he's told me, mostly all stems from your mental, from happiness and uh, decisions that you make. Like we have a choice of how we live each day. And it's really up to us. So true. What if you could tell your younger self one thing like Alexis at 17 graduating or 18, what would you tell her knowing where you're at now? I think I would just tell her like it's going to be okay and it'll work out how it's supposed to work out. I think that in the beginning, I would get really upset if, you know, a job I wanted wouldn't come to me or if someone didn't want to work with me. But it's like. Things will happen, like I said, when they're supposed to happen. And you just kind of have to trust that and just let life take you where it's supposed to take you. Because I think that if you try to micromanage your life, you're just going to stress yourself out more and it's not going to be 
as fun and Mm -hmm. easy and effortless as if you just kind of like let things happen how they're supposed to happen. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. We talked about this a lot on the last episode as well. Like what's meant for you will be for you. Exactly. If you get a no, it's probably God's protection over you anyway. And so move on, grow from that and move forward. And the, the, the best is yet to come, I think for everyone. Um, And so, okay, before we wrap up, what's next for you? Like, what are you allowed to share? Like, what's your next big project? Like, what's on the radar for you? By the way, I see you having, you said something about, like, Kylie Jenner, like, makeup swatches. Is it called swatches? Yeah, like, the swatching of the lipsticks. that sounds so not, like, a word to me? Um, (laughs) I can totally see you having your own makeup line one day. Everyone says that, and I think maybe eventually, but I feel like there's so much you know, products coming out in the makeup world that I wouldn't want to put something out unless it was something that was really going to change the game and something innovative. I don't think that there and needs to be... something authentic to you. Yeah, because I feel like so many people are just kind of slapping their name on something, and it's like, I don't feel the need to create a product unless it's something that I really think... Believe in. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Right? But I feel like eventually. I feel like it'll be a while. I mean, doesn't, you know, could be five years. When the time is right, it'll happen. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But I think for now, you know, I've just been doing a lot of work with, like, my regular clients I have coming up. Honestly, nothing crazy. I just got done with, like, Fashion Week, Met, everything like that. Yeah, did you do, you did the Met. Yeah. Who did you do for the Met? Someone with the big feathers? Yeah, Harris Reed. He's an amazing, like, clothing designer. He designs all of Harry Styles costumes and things like that. And then I did Tommy Hilfiger's Wife. Okay, casual. <laughs> Tommy Hilfiger is coming back in style. Oh, I don't care what anyone he's says. An icon. I've been on Depop looking for Tommy Hilfiger overalls for like two weeks. <laughs> really? Yes, I need them. I love that. <laughs> well, congratulations with everything you have going on. I'm so happy you were able to come and just share your story. And I know it's going to touch so many people. And I can't wait to have you back on when you're like, I don't know, doing all the Kardashians <laughs> and you have your own makeup line. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Love you, girl. 